Hey folks, welcome in the pro all Ireland. Magnum McQueen, Michaela Fagan. As as we get closer to training camp, we are delighted to be simple talking to a, a great friend of the NFL internationally, I think it'd be fair to say. Brian Baldinger. Brian, Baldy's breakdowns, Ireland style today. Brian, it's always good to chat to you. How are you doing, man? I'm good, Mike. I mean, if I could speak with an Irish brogue or sound like I'm from Galway or someplace, I would do it. But I, I don't want to butcher it. So I'll just keep it in my straight uh, talk voice. And hopefully you can understand me. And uh, everybody can have some fun and enjoy and learn a little football along the way. I have to say, Baldy, like I, uh, you probably don't remember, but I had a very quick chance of just saying hello and shaking your hand in Phoenix for a split second before I had to run. Folks, I have never met a man as tall or yeah. as you know, football shaped in my life. Like you, you, you know, Brian, that you were in the league, like massive, incredible, great, great to meet you as well. Well, thank you, Mike. It was good meeting you. Arizona was good. Super Bowl time. Um, I'm just trying to honestly, at my age here, Mike, I'm just trying to preserve whatever I got left. That, that's just fine with me. I suppose just to jump right into it, Brian, when you played in the NFL, you were very versatile in the positions you played. You played all across the offensive line, including both tackle position, guard, center, and you even played tight end. How important do you think it is for players nowadays to be versatile in, in certain positions? Oh, it's important, Michaela. It really is. Um, you know, a lot of teams right now, will only dress seven offensive linemen. They save that extra spot that normally an offensive line would take for, you know, whether it's special teams or extra running back, whatever it might be. And so the two guys that don't start in a lot of cases, they've got to be able to play multiple positions. You know, the center guard, uh, tackle guard. I mean, you've got to be versatile. I was working out with a bunch of guys earlier today that are kind of, you know, career backup type guys. And they know that, that they've got to learn multiple positions. It helps them get active on Sundays. It helps them stay in the league longer. I think it's really vitally important. I was lucky. I mean, I had a chance to learn these positions, play them. So uh, they gave me more longevity because I could when I was a backup versus when I was a starter. But I think for a lot of guys in this league, if you're not a frontline starter, like, you know, a real solid set in stone type player, you better have some versatility if you want to stay in this league a long time or get a chance to play on Sundays. Really been enjoying the off-season content, Baldy. Just you know, the, obviously a breakdown, different content you've been having, different pods you've been jumping onto as well. I'd just obviously recommend anyone to follow Brian at Baldy NFL on Twitter um, to see a lot of this stuff. You had a really great breakdown. I think it was for either the Jets or Jets UK on Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be an interesting year in in New York. What are your thoughts on, both, on, on just both these guys coming into this season? Well, I mean, the, the talent speaks for itself. I mean, if you just go back and watch Garrett Wilson last year, in his last game against the Miami Dolphins, he was the best receiver on the field. That included Tyree Kill and Jelly Waddle. He was the best receiver on the field that day. Now, the Dolphins went on to the playoffs <clears throat> the following week, but, I mean, Garrett belongs. And I don't, you know, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers there will probably get to Aaron Rodgers, but you know, he had a chance to really see the development of a Devontae Adams from a rookie in 2014 to maybe the league's best receiver now. It didn't happen overnight. And I don't want to compare Garrett Wilson to Devontae. He's not as big as Devontae. Devontae has proven himself. But Garrett Wilson has got great ball skills. He knows how to change directions, change speeds, a good route runner. I mean, he's he should flourish 
with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And Sauce, um, he might have not just been the defensive rookie of the year. He might have been the best defensive back in the NFL last year. I mean, he's his his size, his speed, his eyes, uh, how he defends the deep ball. I mean, he was really good. Like literally from the first game against the Ravens last year throughout the season. And I can only imagine just being around him and being up at the Jets camp, Mike, a, a bunch uh, during the season, off season. I mean, he's the first one on the field every day. And, you know, the Jets have Darrell Revis going into the Hall of Fame this summer. And I'm not saying he's going to be Darrell Revis or a Hall of Fame, but he's the best defensive back they've had, I think, in New York since Darrell Revis came through. Now, Brian, you play for a good few teams in the NFL, the Colts and um, and the division rivals, Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Where, as a player, was your favorite place to live and play for? I'll be honest with Michaela. Um, I, I say God bless America every single day. I mean, I loved, I loved all three places. I started in Dallas. He gave me a chance. I earned my keep there. For six years, it was a blast. I went to Indianapolis, got a chance to start four straight years. It was a blast. Things, you know, I tried to go to Buffalo to play with my brother, who was up there going to Super Bowls. Uh, it didn't work out, but I ended in Philly. I still live in Philly or South Jersey. I mean, I loved it here. I still love it. I love the fans. I love the team uh, that I was on. I loved covering, you know, and I kind of started my second career here in South Jersey. So honestly, I mean, I, I loved every day of my job, no matter where it was. I, I can make a case for all three places being one better than the other. But really, I mean, you could throw them all up in the air. However they came down, um, you, could, you, could, you could kind of grade them in any order you want to because it was all good. Love it, man. Love it. Um, you mentioned Rodgers there. Feel free to talk about him here if you want. Like, obviously, Rodgers has dominated this offseason. And he, he dominated last year's offseason as well turn into the summer of Rodgers. Thankfully, now we have a little bit of closure, but we now have that whole expectation of how is he going to get on. Um, is there like a storyline in this offseason, Brian, that you feel just hasn't had as much attention or as much love as you feel it deserves? Like that Rodgers situation, for example. Uh, I I don't know. You know, the 49ers are a really good team, a really good organization. Um. You know, the free agency wasn't 30 seconds old, and they rewarded Javon Hargrave with a big, fat contract. And it really, if you look at the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia, I mean, everybody will point to the quarterbacks getting hurt, and that was the big story in that game. But the Eagles also ran the ball really well at the 49ers. And look, Javon Kinlaw might become a good player. He has not been a good player yet. Uh, he's been injured. He wasn't good against the Eagles. They needed to upgrade that position. That was a big, huge weakness for the 49ers defense all year. And I believe they addressed it. And so the number one defense in football a year ago, the 49ers, they might have gotten better. And, you know, when you get to the postseason, now look, the Super Bowl game, 38-35 shootout, nobody can stop the Chiefs in the second half. Those games will happen. But usually in the playoffs, you better have – a championship-level defense if you want to close the game out. And I feel like the 49ers have all the pieces in place to do that. They do always say that defense wins championships, so you're dead right. Um, you used to do some analysis work for NFL Europe, and 
back when in at the end of June when the Frankfurt game went on sale, there was 1.6 million people in line to get tickets to that game. Um, how important do you think it is to the NFL to have those international fans and for the growth of the game over across the ocean? It's huge, Michaela. It's huge. It. Uh, I don't know how to, you know, use an analogy to put it in the proper place. Um, I know this. The last game that they played in Europe with the NFL Europe League, World League of American Football, whatever name it was at whatever year, I did that final game in Frankfurt in 2007. And, I mean, it was it was like a uh, tornado warnings in Frankfurt. It was crazy weather, and it was sold out. And I always thought that the league made a mistake by not going back to Germany. Uh, they did last year in Munich, and it was, a, it was a really great game. It was a great atmosphere. Tom Brady raved about it, et cetera. But Frankfurt was – that was the home field. I mean, Frankfurt and Waldstadion and those games there and the World Bowls there and the crowds and the party and the atmosphere is second to none in the NFL. It doesn't surprise me that the line was that big, that long, that many people. It doesn't surprise me. The fan base there was tremendous. And I'm happy they're going back to Frankfurt, and I hope they go back there every year. I hope so. I mean, like, Munich's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous last year in a good way. So yeah. the more the merrier. And look, I don't think we'd be here while guys like yourself and like guys like Jeff as well, obviously, you know, promoting the game back in the 80s and the 90s for just for the European fans. Well, it's all well. Obviously, thank you for for what you for what you've done and what you continue to do, man. Honestly, um, I I'm gonna reword a question that I've I've had written down. I, I Brian, I've asked everybody this question in the last maybe four weeks. Everyone's talking about the East as if it was the West. Sorry, the, the AFC East as if it was the AFC West last year in terms of expectation. But nobody's really talking that much about the AFC North in comparison, where you've got the Sean Watson with that full year behind him now, obviously training properly. You've got Kenny Pickett going in the year two at Pittsburgh, and never mind the Bengals and the Reds. I mean, everyone's so hot in the Ravens. I really, I'm, I'm so excited to see that the, just the, just the way that the North's going to go this year with the AFC. I totally agree. I co- I totally agree. I was in Pittsburgh two weeks ago, Mike. Uh, drove out there to Pittsburgh to go watch an OTA. I mean, they have live practices every day. I'm, pads on, pads off, doesn't matter. I mean, Mike Tomlin gets his team after it. Saw a couple players today working out. I mean, they're they're excited about what they have. They try to address and rebuild the offensive line. Um, they've got depth along the defensive front like almost nobody else. Um, they've addressed the secondary. They've got two young rookies there, Corey Trice and uh, Joy Porter Jr. I mean, they, these guys are going to be good players. That's Pittsburgh. I totally agree that Deshaun Watson is going to be completely different this year. I mean – Playing quarterback isn't like riding a bike. You don't take two years off and come out and just pop wheelies, you know, riding out in the middle of the road. Like, you don't do that. And it took him a while to to shake the rust off. But Nick Chubb is dedicating his year to uh, Jim Brown. Nobody's done what Nick Chubb has done in this league. Five straight years, averaging over five yards a carry. Guys don't even want to tackle that guy. He's such a beast. Lamar, Baltimore, like, they've got four number one draft picks at wide receiver now. I mean, they've got... Bateman and OBJ and Zay Flowers and Nelson Aguilar, four number one draft picks to help Lamar out. I, you know, and, and then you like Cincinnati. All they did was reload. You look at what they've added in the secondary, the draft picks and free agency. What they did a year ago, 
Like they've rebuilt their secondary, and their front is dangerous. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about Joe Burrow, and he might be next to Patrick Mahomes the best in the league. So I, I'm, I'm, if anybody's overlooking the AFC North, they haven't done their homework, or they're just going to be pleasantly surprised, and they're just going to tune into every one of those matchups this year. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, just kind of ignored the AFC North last year, except for the Bengals, of course, just because, you know, Deshaun Watson wasn't playing fully. Kenny Pickett was in his first year. But I do think those those four teams are, are going to be really scary to watch this season. In terms of Dallas, let's talk about Dallas and one of their best defensive players, Micah Parsons. He's going into his third year. What are your expectations for him? Do you think perhaps he could be in the defensive player of the year mix? I think he's going to win it, Michaela. I think he's the best defensive player in this league. Uh, I had him on my show, Total Access, a couple weeks ago. He said if he gets two interceptions this year, he's going to give one to me because I'm always on him for not getting any interceptions. after He's done everything else in this league, but he have interceptions. And he said he's been on the jugs machine. He's worked out. He's going to be 10 pounds heavier. He's going to be stronger. I don't think anybody else moves in this league. Max Crosby, Nick, you know, you know, Nick Bowes. I mean, you can pick a guy. Um, I think he's the best defensive player in this league. He's and I think he's gonna win the award. Uh if he stays healthy. I think the players around him are, are gonna be really good. Stephon Gilmore is a huge addition to this defense. Mozzie Smith, their first round pick out of Michigan, I think is a real missing piece to what this defense has been. They have led the league in takeaways over the last two years by a wide margin. I think they're six better than the New England Patriots right now. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they don't lead the league in takeaways. And so I think Micah Parsons, we have not seen the best of what he has to bring. He loves the game, and he wants to dominate the game. I'm going to find you on the red carpet of the NFL honors, and I'm going to replay that back and be like, you called it. You called it. I love it. I love it, Brent. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about the summer of Rogers a minute ago. Is it fair to say? Because I think we asked me the time. This is well. Is is the summer of twenty twenty four going to be the summer of Kyler Murray? That's a serious cap hit next year. You know, do you see any positivity in Arizona this year, Brian, or do you think it's going to be you know ride the storm and, and and get through it and try and build the blocks for future years? Well, you never give up on a season. There's always something to play for. Now, you know. Guys like Buda Baker don't want to be there. DeAndre Hopkins got his way out of there. You know, Kyler Murray's got a big contract. But, you know, you change the coach, you change the general manager, you're trying to change the culture. I mean, one thing about Kyler and Cliff Kingsbury before last year, um, they improved every year up until last year. They improved every year and made the playoffs. I mean, they were a team that was on the arc. And they took over an organization that was the worst in football. The worst offense, the worst team, everything. And they improved it for three years. I'm not ready just to write off Kyler Murray or the Cardinals. They still have some pieces. But, look, when you put a new coach and new general manager in there, I mean, they, they have their way of doing things. And they're going to have their way of evaluating players. The guys that have been there, uh, including Kyler Murray, they're all going to be under the microscope. They all get evaluated. They all get a fresh start, start you know, to make a first impression. Uh, with this new regime and they all could be there for a long time or they all could be on the way out of uh, you know on the way to Busville or on the way out of town so it's a big year it's a big year for everybody in Arizona 
there's always some crazy stories or crazy games that come out of the season. What's your bold, baldy prediction for the upcoming season? Um, the Atlanta Falcons will win the NFC South. Oh, I feel like this organization has been, I don't know, they've run 79, two years in a row. They've been just mediocre. I just feel like they're ready to break out. Maybe they were six and 10 last year. I forget. But like, I think the rest of the, I think the schedule is really soft. I think the town is really good. I'm, I'm not as down on, uh, Ritter, as some people might be, uh, I saw him improve in each of his four starts last year. I feel like the Atlanta Falcons have a real chance to be a surprise team. I think Arthur Smith is a good coach. I think he knows how to coach. I think he knows how to create an offense around the star players, whether it's Drake London or Kyle Pitts or Bijan Robinson or Cordero Patterson or Tyler Algier. I feel like he knows how to put an offense together. And I think they're going to be really good. I And they, they – Improved at every level of defense. Um, that would be my first shock, I guess, Michaela, if uh, if I heard your question correct. I'm going to call, just going to put this out there as, as, as Bolly Dunlop is Micah Parsons' point. Uh, I think the Jags upset the Bills in London after being there for two weeks. I think it could, like for the first time, a team being abroad for two weeks could really work into their favor. Could like put it out there now into the open and see. Talking about internationally, Brian, just to end this podcast, um, you've obviously been, you know, a player in the league. You've had a hell of a media career as well. Surely, you know, you're talking there about the international fans. Surely, there's only one way to cap this career of yours, and that is to uh, be in the touchline for for NFL Network on Total Access after a game in Dublin. That's oh, I would love it. The next, I love that more than anything. Like I, I went over there for one game. I think it was, uh, it was a year. Nice, Adam Nivet. Uh, I was there for a Washington game. Washington Cincinnati game, like in 2016, and I oh, in the in in, in Wembley, right? In Wembley, yeah, the the yeah. tight. Like that was that was great. I was outside the stadium before the game. I did analysis at Sky. Uh, I would love, 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 love. I don't care if one of the Jacksonville games this year. I mean, I'd love to get over there and and cover you know really all week because really the build up to these games are just phenomenal over there and. The, uh, you know, just the the involvement, the excitement. Um, it's really nothing quite like it. Uh, so I hope to get over there, Mike, one day real soon. I'll, I'll never forget that tie because that game went on for a hell of a long time. I think a lot of people were looking at their trains and going, I have a flight at 9 o'clock here. Went on to be, I think that was back in the day when it was like a 2.30 to kick off and it went on to be 7 o'clock. It was, it was a great day, though, and... Uh, Pity we didn't meet then, but certainly, hopefully, meet hopefully meet in Ireland at some point or, or London. And uh, Brian, obviously, for people listening to this, watching this, please check uh, Baldy's content out. Obviously, on, on NFL Network at Baldy NFL. Uh, we're getting close to the season, Brian. Obviously, wishing you the very, very best of luck. And um, hopefully, get a chance to say hello properly in Vegas. Please God in February, and uh, just continue success. And, and thank you for your support and taking time out of your day to come on here. Uh, my pleasure, Mike and Michaela. It was uh, always good. They just hit me up. You got my email, so happy to support the football fans in Ireland and throughout the UK.